0: This is Sportsnet Today, with Logan Gordon and Peter Klein. Blackhawk center it, Holman picks off the pass. But can't clear it out. Here's Karashev with a shot, saved by Markstrom. Rebound, and Dickinson is denied by Markstrom, who makes a game-saving stop right at the buzzer. What a right-patch save by Jacob Markstrom to send the Flames into a nine day break with a win. They snap their four game losing streak and Jacob Markstrom with a 32 save shutout, is second of the season, the 20th of his NHL career. As the Flames get off the shine, the Blackhawks do not. They have lost four in a row overall and 20 in a row on the road as Calgary shuts out Chicago one to nothing.
1: Well, it wasn't exactly pretty Saturday night at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome, but the Flames needed to find a way to end their four game losing streak. And they did just that. Thanks in large part to Jacob Markstrom, the Calgary Flames you heard from the voice of the Flames, Derek Wills, head into an all-star break at 22, 22 and five. Right at the NHL's 500 mark and with probably just as many questions as they had before the first 49 games of the season. Welcome to another edition of Sportsnet Today. It's Logan Gordon and primetime Peter Klein along with you from the Doug Lacy's Basement Systems Downtown Studios. PK, good to see you pal. Hey,
0: happy to be here. Yeah, the uh, the Flames performance was a lot like that intro there where uh, like it it sounded like what it was kind of maybe supposed to just barely and you know, that, that's basically what the Flames performance was. It was like, it was basically just a thrown together version that was somewhat similar to what they kind of needed, and it works for now.
1: Oh, boy. Uh, we'll look back on what was <laughs> Saturday night at the Scotia <laughs> Bank Saddle Dome. Uh, we'll give you our, it's not the halfway mark, but our all star break thoughts on the direction of this team because. As I mentioned, a lot of the questions we had at the beginning of the year still exist around this Flames team at the beginning of their All Star break. There is still NHL action going on until Wednesday for some oh, reason. Feel it. Uh, so we'll, we'll take a look uh, at what's happening around the league over the next couple of days as well.
0: Two hour <laughs> breakdown, Preds and Sends. <laughs> yeah. We got gotcha. you.
1: You got it right here. <laughs> uh, also, Super Bowl matchup is set for Las Vegas. It's the Chiefs. It's the 49ers. Emily Sadler from Sportsnet.ca is going to join us. Her uh, playoff takeaways available at Sportsnet.ca. Uh, we'll break down this matchup and uh, talk maybe a little bit about what KC is building and what Brock Purdy has an opportunity to do in a uh, big game coming up in two weeks' time from Las Vegas. All of that on a busy two-hour program for you. Text line's open to you. The fan feedback line is 960 960 a text. we would love to hear from you on this Monday. Again, Logan and Peter Klein along with you, our outstanding producers on this Monday afternoon are Cam and Shan. But PK, uh, first of all, it's great to see you. Yeah, great uh, to be here. It's. Uh, I wish we had a more exciting game to talk about. I'm used to it. Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> you know what? Hey, 49 games in, that's on me for expecting <laughs> that this you? would be anything different. But I have to admit... There were a couple of times where just as an observer of this team and someone that covers them for the radio station where I had a couple of those feelings where I was like, if this doesn't turn around, like if this ends 1-0 Chicago or 2-1 Chicago in overtime, we might just see Flames Twitterverse snap. Yeah. Right? Like that was, and don't get me wrong. It's not as though they impressed the rest of the way and picked up a victory. No, but that sure felt like a must-win. Is always such an overused phrase, but God, I don't even know that I wanted to see what would happen if if they didn't pull out two points there.
0: Well, yeah, it's really tough to wrap your head around what would happen if you happen to lose to that version of the Chicago Blackhawks. I can't really, but they've done it on. before. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> like that's, and you you look at the, this last stretch. Like we have heard for the last little while that this organization is going to give this group to the All-Star break to figure out where we're at and decide where we're going from there. Well, the All-Star break is uh, now. And what they were doing going into it was losing to a, I would say, mediocre to bad St. Louis Blues team, losing to a bad to really bad Columbus Blue Jackets team by three, and then squeaking out a one nothing win over the Rockford Ice Hogs. That does not scream confidence to me that that is not like this was your chance and we we have heard it forever. Oh, this was an embarrassing loss. We got to get. Oh, well, this was an embarrassing loss. It was like we, we have heard for forever that this team needs to turn it around and this team needs to prove this and they need to prove that. And all they have proven time and time again is that they kind of just are who they are. Like we keep waiting them for for them to be something different. At some point you are what your record tells us. And right now their record is 22, 22 and five. And Logan, I am here to tell you that this looks every bit like a team that's 22, 22 and five. This team is screaming 500 from the rooftops.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's frustrating because there's two sides to the fan base that you hear all the time. And they're kind of stuck between not being good enough for either side. Yep. If that makes sense. If your team every year is an opportunity to make the playoffs and anything can happen when you get into that, into that dance, you're probably disappointed today because they are, as I look at the standings, once again, uh, they are five points back of the final wild card spot with three teams in between them to get, to get there. That's not great, 49 games into your season. No. But if your team tank, you're also <laughs> not in love with their situation either because while they are certainly lower down in the league standings, 24th is by no means very close to a playoff spot. They're also a good 20 points ahead of the teams like Chicago, right. San Jose, or even Anaheim who are truly in contention for you know the next game breaker at the top of an NHL draft. So you're kind of screwed if you do, and screwed if you don't, because they're not bad enough to be at the top of the draft, mm-hmm. but they're also probably not good enough to be a playoff team either. It's an no. infuriating position.
0: And if they do get into the playoffs, I'm setting the over under on number of games they play in the playoffs at
1: five, and I'm probably taking the under. Yeah, right? like I, they go that into the whole playoff- uh, that whole ticket to the dance thing is, has has yeah. gr- has grown has oh. really grown old to me. 2004 was a miraculous
0: amazing time and we all loved it but it has skewed so many perceptions of oh well just get in and somebody can get hot it's like or or you just get in and the Canucks beat your brains in for four games and then you get to go home so congratulations on two extra home playoff games but yeah no and that's the thing like it and it but it's it's been this organization for forever. Last year was the epitome of it. They don't make it into the playoffs, but they're the first team out of the playoffs, so they're not even included in the lottery for Conor Bedard. Yep. And it has been that forever. And yeah, like they're probably not bad enough to tank. Like they're at 49 points. They may have already clinched a spot too high for Chicago to get to. Like if, if Chicago doesn't finish with 49 points this year, I shall not be shocked. Same thing with San Jose. San Jose may not get to 39. They are so badly
1: bad. Totally bad.
0: Um, so it, it, it's this murky middle ground with this Flames team that they have lived in for forever. And that's where you get all the frustration from this fan base. If they were just bad for a bit, but then you had some young kids or even a young kid that you could get behind. And that's not a shot at the the young players on this Flames team, because there are players that you can get excited about on on the Calgary Flames, but there isn't that okay, this is the one that's going to lead us to the promised land. There isn't that, nor is there this bounty of playoff wins that we've been able to enjoy over the last little while. It's kind of just been the same the whole time. And that's why I think you have a Flames fan base that is so ready for a different direction with this group because it's been the same thing over and over and over and over again. And some years you get hot goalies, and somehow Jonas Hiller is stopping 51 pucks against the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, not this Blackhawks team, no. but um, stopping 51 pucks against the Blackhawks. And you have your tops in your division. And then some years it's, ah, oh, you just miss out. Like they just, they ride this roller coaster, and that's not how a sustainable organization is supposed to work. So it just gets frustrating from a, a fan base standpoint.
1: And it's why I think if you're team tank and I don't blame you for, by the way, you can, how you cheer for your team is, is totally up to you, but it's why I think even if you're team tank, you should be okay. If the organization is just team retool, because Mm -hmm. it's better than nothing. Yes. Right. And, and I do believe, and I think a lot of people have made a very good point that there are the Buffaloes. There are the Ottawa's that have tanked, Mm -hmm. have gone to the bottoms of the ocean and, found not a treasure to bring them back to playoff relevance either. Right. Right. So there, there is always the danger that you sink the ship and it doesn't come up nearly as fast as you'd hope it would. Right. Or at all in that, in that next core of players. So while you might be frustrated that this organization doesn't from the top down, believe in that sort of retooling style or rebuilding stuff, that's whatever word you want to use for it. Right. Right. embrace the opportunity that may be coming your way over the next month or so. And even just the three UFAs we're talking about, because that in and of itself is still in my mind, a better direction to go. I'd much rather, you know, go down that road and at least see some sort of path than just, you know, wading in the waters that we are right now, PK.
0: Yeah. And that, that has always been the, the, the biggest issue I have, with the team tank thing and I, I understand like the best way to build a sustained winner is get high draft picks for a couple of years they turn out to be super sweet sure and then all of a sudden you have a great team doesn't always work see three cracks at and in Edmonton currently in Toronto and like you said Buffalo Ottawa Detroit so on and so forth but the problem I have with some of those is that and some people can believe in this and some cannot it does lend to a bit of a losing mentality Right, like that. There has been a couple of years, like Taylor Hall's entire time in Edmonton. It was not important for them to win. It was okay. Well, we're we're still trying to get one more young piece. So if we lose, it doesn't matter. And then it's tough to just go from all right. If it lose, if we lose, it doesn't matter. To all of a sudden, hey, this game in January is really bleeping important. So can you try here? That yeah. would be great. It's tough to flip that. And so that's why I don't mind the approach that it looked like the Flames were going with when they traded to Foley for for Sharon Govich, which uh, I. 100% was on board with from uh, day 1 and uh, you can't convince me otherwise. <laughs> um but to to go with just play the young kids and see what happens. Yep. And there needs to be accountability to those young kids. That's why I liked uh, earlier in the year um Pospisil sits for a game and Zari sits for a period and it's like, "Yeah, you know what? Like your kid still got to do well though." Um but have there be accountability, but play the kids and see what happens. And they have a pretty good track record of that this year, right? Like um, Sharon Govich, I made the joke about it he has been a billion times better than anyone thought that he was going to be we have seen the best hockey of Pospisil's career, for, and I'm talking like obviously NHL, duh, but for like sure. as a pro in the American Hockey League, I don't know if a lot of people thought this was possible out of him we are getting 100% of Connor Zari at this moment, and like there's a bunch of them where you are getting best case scenario out of them so give it, keep it going, keep yeah. it rolling, see, see what else you get so that's why I'm with you that's probably the more realistic way this organization goes is moves like the Toffoli one, right? Like, if you move out of Lindholm, maybe it's not for five draft picks and whatever. Maybe it's for a, uh, as has been in the news a little bit, a Nils sure, plus something. You know, I I think that's probably the more realistic way. And then you hope you find a diamond in the rough.
1: Yeah, and you know what? And I don't even, I don't even hate that. Uh Because again, at least it's a direction. Yes. Right? Give me some sort of of plans, some sort of arrow pointing this way that I can get behind instead of sitting here. And now this year, like this year on Conroy and Huska, I don't even necessarily throw this at their feet. What we're talking about. No, I'm looking towards them as to how they handle the future of this. Cause this year they're kind of, for the most part dealing with what was left from them from the previous regimes Yeah, and, and trying to pick up the pieces from there. And, and look, Craig Conroy, despite being with the team for a lot of Brad Treleving's tenure, still has to do his own evaluation of players. Mm-hmm. Still has to, you know, go about his business in his own way. And I, I don't blame him from not changing it day one. I also think that there's uh, a case to be made about patience in these sort of situations and making sure you get as much value out of the players that you possibly can uh, in these sort of situations. So. As long as the future shows me some sort of direction, I think you'll get buying. I think this fan base is smart enough that if you show them that way, they're going to believe into it and they're still going to buy tickets and they're still going to support this team. Like, I don't think anyone's yeah. going to sit here and go, oh my God, they're, they're not 10 points out of a playoff spot in, in February. No chance I'm going to support this team. As long yeah. as you can show... What is happening and the direction that this team is going, I I think that there's value in that. And Mm -hmm. I'm as steadfast on after game 49 Saturday as I've ever been that I think you need to sell all three guys. Yeah. I think if there's other deals to be had, I I think you need to explore them. There's very little
0: untouchable right now. Right?
1: Yeah, exactly. I, I think we've had conversations about Jacob Markstrom. I'd be open to that if yeah. he's open to that because he has uh, a level of control in this as well, and um, I don't think moving him for nothing makes a whole lot of sense in a way. So, yeah, I think, and that's kind of the the impetus of this of this conversation, PK, is I'm curious where, every I, I think I know from our conversation where you sit and where you've sat on this for a while, but the all-star break is here. Like, are you clearly team tank? Are you clearly still feeling this group should go for it? Are you somewhere in the middle, right? Do you want yeah. to, are you one of the people that say, let's keep in, but let's move Lindholm and Tanev, right? Where has the water, where's the dust settled now that we're here at the all-star break?
0: Yeah, I just, if you look at the, the thought of, we're going to let this team tell us where they are and tell us what direction we're going in. It really felt like these last three games was them standing at center ice and being like, hey, blow it up, blow it up, we're done, nope, yeah. that's it. Because like they, they had a chance to prove that they deserve to still get an opportunity to, to push with this group, you lost it. And look, it, it's I, I understand the want to keep Hannafin around, 26 years old, he has been their best player on a number of nights um over the last little while how which...
1: dare you he turned 27 three four days ago oh
0: apologies oh well he's washed up then never yeah. mind um, Too old now. yeah actually. bum uh the fact they haven't traded him already is a disaster wow. but no um like I, I understand the want to keep that player around but the more players that oh well i mean what are we going to give this guy up what are we going to give this guy up then all of a sudden you're locking yourself into a team that again has 49 points in 49 games played this season like, it, it looks like it's 500. It actually is they've lost more than they have won this season because the, just some of those losses happen to come at a different time of game, so they get a point for it, so it doesn't look quite as bad. But realistically, in any other sport on the planet, they are 22 and 27. Yep. That's not a team that you keep together, nope. right? So, especially with three unrestricted free agents. So, if you wanted to be in the we-are-keeping-Noah-Hannafin business, you should have put a better team around him, but you kind of lost that chance. So, now trade him for... Oodles and oodles of draft capital and young players or whatever, and start over. Um, so yeah, every UFA would be out the door, and I there aren't many players I'm hanging up the phone on. Like I, I'm not Pelche for a fourth or anything ridiculous like that. But if, if someone wants to call and have a conversation about Blake Coleman, I am listening to their conversation about Blake Coleman. Um, th- same thing, like Uyghur, It would take a lot. I like him a lot, but like I, I th- it would take a
1: lot for me to move Coleman too. Right, but like I, I'm, I'm listening.
0: Oh, for sure. You know, like, like I said, it's not these guys Wayne, for a fifth. Wayne
1: Gretzky got traded. I don't, I don't ever tell yeah. me anybody is untouchable. because yeah, it's, it's not these guys for a fifth. I just yeah. need cap
0: space and just to get them out of here. But I am listening. And, and I, if it's going to help me out in the future, I, I am taking that.
1: He, you know what? Here's a name I would throw ahead of, of Coleman and Weger if, if I was going to go down that conversation. You called me about 88. Yeah. If you were interested in 88, I'd have a conversation with you. Right. And that's. And the reason I say that is because if we're going down a retool situation like we're talking about, I still think there's value in Blake Coleman and some of these guys setting this, you know, table and standard. Yeah. For how to be a pro to a Zeri to a Pasposal to, to some of those guys, and I think Blake Coleman's worked his ass off to be a more offensive-driven player for this team, and he's been great. Four point nine million dollars. The dude can play on my team. Uh, any given night that he wants so yeah but yeah as far as your conversation about expanding outside of the three ufas like before he got hurt i think aj greer was going to be part of that conversation 100 uh, percent. you know without any kind of uh wonder i mean uh i still think there's a, a conversation to be had about dan vladar yep uh if there's somebody a lot wants of goalie... to have it right
0: sorry i keep cutting you off there there's no, a no, fine. there's a lot of goalie needy teams this year Right. Like you look at all like Spencer Martin got claimed off of waivers not too long ago. There's a lot of teams that need goaltending out there and a lot of teams who goaltending is kind of the last piece that they need to get figured out um, as part of a, a championship type of a, a package. So, yeah, I I absolutely think it's it's worth that. Like, honestly, I, I would like all of the guys who have no moves, it it would be tough to move Huberto still, but like a, a Kadri, a Coleman. Um, like you said, a man, Uh, I'm, I'm at least sitting down with them and being like, Hey, this is the direction we're going. It may not lead to the most fruitful results whilst you are here or whilst you are in your prime. Would you like us to try to make a move here? Yep. And if they say, yeah, huh, then I'm on the phones. You know, it's like, I, I think you have to be honest with yourselves. I think you need to be honest with the, the players. Like again, there was a, a, a world here after they won those four games in a row. I I was kind of like, maybe, maybe something has clicked, you know, like, again, I don't think they're, I, I don't think they were going to get to a point where I was confident against with them against Vancouver or Vegas or Edmonton or whatever, but maybe with a young enough team and Huberto now a point per game player, again, at least in the last 12 or 13, you can squint and see like, okay, maybe it's not this year, but maybe something is at least going where you don't have to blow it up. And then you lose to, again, the Blues and the Blue Jackets. And I don't want to hang too much on those games, but it was just, it was how they lost and how they performed in games where the organization is begging for them to step up with a big time performance so that they can justify not exploding this thing. And they just came out and doo-doo. I I just, I can't, I can't keep that together. So at this point, I, I still hesitate to be Team Tank because that again leads to the, I think losing is okay. And, but I, I am very much, Team gets significantly different and younger. And and if losing happens to come along with that, then fine.
1: And and let's be honest. I want to make this point to to some of you As We'll get to the text line in a minute. We can say and talk about team tank all we want. It's not our team. No. And if the guy at the top doesn't want to tank and bottom out with all the players that me and PK just listed, then it's tough. Yeah. Then you're SOL. And I'm sorry. You might disagree with it. But he and a group of other people paid millions and millions of dollars and he has the controlling interest and it's his team. Yeah. And I, I get it. You might be frustrated by that. I understand it. But at the end of the day, that's just what it is. So we have to temper, you know, what we're talking about with the reality of the situation. And that's that I don't know if uh, in all reality, even if we wanted to, and all the signs pointed towards, you know, in big bright red letters with a military replica out front, it's literally a tank that, yeah. that that would mean it's where they're going. Right. I don't. So I think you have to temper what we're, how we're going about this and how Craig Conroy can go about this with what the final decision is in all of this. So right.
0: when have they ever been team 10? They've never, right. Been. Like they, th- there have been years where they have lost a bunch, but that was, that was never on purpose. No, uh, which actually worse, but, like they, they they waited probably four years too long to trade Jerome McGinley because they just that, that it was never just that mentality yeah, right like you never no it was it was always getting getting in the playoffs and see what happens that's that that's how you get Tony Amante as a flame and Owen Nolan and Oli Jokinen like five times um that that's how you get those sorts of things is you are just trying to make the playoffs so I I can I I think that honestly a retool is and that this is going to sound very smoke blowy but honestly that that is. Showing quite a bit more flexibility in uh, how this roster can be constructed than we've seen here in a very long time.
1: Yeah, so maybe take what you can get and, <laughs> and hope that, yeah. that it's all right. As as uh, I don't know how much people will enjoy hearing that, but something might be better than nothing, I guess. Yeah. Uh, the text line's been very active. Let's uh, let's jump into it right now. Nine six zero nine six zero. If you're listening live, feel free. To uh, shoot us a text, we'd love to hear from you. It's Logan Gordon, Peter Klein, along with you. On this Monday, our pal Matt and Cochran was first in. There's all bold letters, four exclamation marks. Sell. Uh, PK will appreciate this one. The Flames are like the Pat McAfee appearance at the Royal Rumble. Disappointing. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's fair. uh, This one says, imagine the Flames hit on an early draft pick and drafted a guy like Matthew Kachuk. That'd be sweet, hey? And look. I'll say this again. The Matthew Kachuk, Johnny Gaudreau era is was a good time. But at the same time, looking back on it, all it resulted in was one second-round playoff win. Yeah. Oh, it's
0: romanticized That's it. quite a bit. And it's not entirely all those guys' fault. It's no. certainly not Kachuk's fault. But there was a whole lot of, like... I was getting frustrated because there was, oh well, Johnny Gaudreau's only played like eight playoff games. It's like, yeah, that's kind of his fault. Because
1: they're losing them.
0: <laughs> yeah. He's had the opportunity and then he just plays five of them. That's at some point that's his fault. Yeah. Um, so that that was getting a little frustrated. But yes, no, like it, it would be great. And it is a little bit unfortunate that the highest draft pick in the history of this team peaked as a third line center on this group. That does tend to send one back a little bit.
1: Yeah. Uh nine six zero nine six zero Crispy from Glamorgan. If that's your name, I love Ooh. that. Uh without the top notch goaltending, this team is one hundred percent being accused of tanking. Fair you can just see how outmatched skill-wise this team is by their consistency. The effort continues to mostly be their game to game, but they cannot help to outplay more skilled teams or more complete teams. At least the kids have been positive to look at the future of the team, and Oliver's return is another thing to help ease the pain. Uh this one says team tank. Um, plus add-on, this is a business that needs to make a profit. Fair enough. This uh, text says, if we do a soft rebuild over a full rebuild, expect to have these convos again in five years' time. This uh, text comes in says, everyone hates change unless they're unhappy, and they don't care about what the change is. They just want something different. Uh, Mac and Red Deer says, celebrate the good with the bad, uh, Sharon Govich, yes, has been good, but let's not forget about when they made a trade for a guy like Ben Hanowski. I think I don't know
0: why Ben Hanowski needs to take a tr- get, a, get clipped in this thing else. here.
1: Uh, Gord says, guys, I think where a lot of Flames fans get frustrated is that they really don't know what the direction is that they're going. It's more of the same every year. I think that goes back to our earlier conversation, PK, about, yeah, just give us some sense of where we're going. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people will feel better.
0: There is... Part of it that is, in my opinion, they've told you for a while which direction you're they're going. Like they, they, we we have known for a bit that they're kind of trying to get in the playoffs and just like trying to squeak in, perhaps. And sometimes uh, I feel like, oh, we just want to know what, what direction they're going. No, 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 they've told you. We just don't like it, so we just want them to tell us a different direction that they're going. But yeah. I, I understand where this is coming from for
1: sure. The yeah, the moves have been made. No one's come out and said what the 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 move was. Right. But you can. Yeah. Actions they, they've, they, they've... speak louder than words yeah. sometimes. Yeah, right?
0: exactly. Like, they're, they're telling you what direction they've wanted to go for a very long time. It's just they haven't been great at going that way.
1: Uh, boys, I'd sell everything not nailed down. Massage tables, the bus, rebuild and retool properly. Don't half-ass it. Again, unless the big boss says so. Right. I, I'm Again, and I understand why you feel that way, Texter. I'm mm-hmm. not saying you're wrong or that it's not the way they should go. It's just as the guy who writes the name on the check say that.
0: Yeah. As the, as the guy who was on here a while ago being like, you know, maybe they should trade Johnny Gaudreau. Like it's one thing to say like, oh man, they should tear this down. There's another thing to like, see what direction they've gone ever. And it just, it doesn't usually happen
1: that way. This stick says, I don't have a lot of faith in Conroy. Do you boys? I do. Small sample size, but I do. Kind of nailed it on the Sharon Govich thing. Um, there
0: is not a player in this league that Conroy hasn't in detail scouted, like personally, a lot. Like he was the hardest working, one of the hardest working guys. There was a lot of hardworking people in our organization, but he was at least tied for first um, in the amount of work he was putting into evaluating talent. And so I, I do believe he's going to take that hockey player mentality into this. And so I I have faith that Conroy is going to be able to turn this ship around at least a little bit.
1: And if I'm being a hundred percent honest and a hundred percent fair about this, I don't know that you should have an opinion on Conroy one way or the other yet. Right. Like has he even given you a big enough sample size to say, I love the Craig Conroy era or I hate the Craig Conroy era. (laughs) He's made two trades.
0: And I think he's done quite well.
1: And I mean, his mantra was I'm going to play a lot of young guys if the young guys come up and earn it. And they have that's happened. The yeah. other thing that he said is, if you're not signed as a UFA, I'm going to trade you. Mm-hmm. And while some of that's happened, some of that's still in the balance. But I'm, I'm still led to believe he's going to trade those guys if they're not signed.
0: Yeah, or he's going to sign them. Yeah, like well, he did that with Backlund. Yeah, um, exactly. so, Yeah, and like the the, the Zadorov trade, I get everyone got all hot and bothered because there was a bunch of people involved. But I I still think he came out of that doing all right. Um, and the Sharon Govitz trade has obviously been great. Um, so I, I think that this has been a very good run for, for Craig Conroy so far. So he, he hasn't done anything to lead me to believe that he's going to be a problem so far anyway.
1: i keep the text coming at nine six zero nine six zero. It's Lord Gordon and Peter Klein along with you on this Monday It is uh, Inside Hockey, and it's brought to you by Calgary Co-op. It's time to stock up for the celebrations that matter with the ingredients that help make memories. Visit Calgary Co-op where life's in store. As uh, we continue on the program, we're going to be all flames this first hour. We're going to dive into some of those UFAs at the halfway mark and sort of assess their value as we get closer to the trade deadline. The big three will be in our focus when the uh, show comes back in a moment. We'll also chat some NFL with Emily Sadler a little bit later on in hour or two. It's the Chiefs and the 49ers in the Super Bowl in Las Vegas. Uh, Chiefs dynasty continues to roll. Can uh, Mr. Irrelevant come in and win a Super Bowl for the 49ers? We'll find out about that. Uh, Plus, uh, we're going to take a look at uh, some future for the Calgary Flames, as we uh, already have uh, a bit with some of those prospects, but maybe another one. Uh, coming down the pipeline, William Stromgren, a former second round pick of the Calgary Flames. Now, with the Wranglers organization is going to join us in hour two as well uh, for a chat. So, we're looking forward to that. We've got Cam and Shan at the wheel uh, producing the program this afternoon. It's Logan and Peter Klein here uh, for Inside Hockey for Calgary Co op. That uh, was for Flames fans. Meet Cal and Gary, top products curated for Calgarians. And we meet every single one of you, only available at Calgary Co op. Visit us. Today, we're taking a look at the big three for the Calgary Flames and where their value sits after 49 games in this NHL season. Stick around, looking at Tanev, Lindholm, and Hannifin for the Calgary Flames when we return on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Logan Gordon, Peter Klein, along with you, in the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Downtown Studios for Doug Lacey's Basement Systems. Cracked foundation, bowing foundation walls. Well, they have a simple permanent solution to stabilize your foundation. Contact Basement Systems. They're all things basementy. It was a DL Basement Systems.com. Uh, so, first segment in the books, we reminisced on game 49 for the Calgary Flames, a 1 nothing victory over the Chicago Blackhawks. It didn't exactly inspire us to consider. Buying at the trade deadline if we were Craig <laughs> Conroy. Yeah. Instead probably gave us, at least for myself and Peter Klein, you know, a pretty clear indication of where we think this ship is going for the Calgary Flames after the All-Star break. And for us, it was pretty clear that 49 games into the season, Craig Conroy's decision should be pretty simple, that at least the three UFAs need to explore being traded. And mm-hmm. if you're willing to have conversations that lead to um, acceptable returns on other players, then I think we'd be on board with that. So that's where we're at. If you feel differently about that, that's totally fine. Uh, They're still in the Western Conference playoff race. uh, There's still a lot of hockey to be played. But as we mentioned last segment as well, PK, one of the promises or one of the things that Craig Conroy told us Going back to his introductory press conference at the Scotiabank Saddledome was if those UFAs aren't signed at the trade deadline, the Calgary Flames would be moving on from them. Mm -hmm. That they would not go down the situation of a Johnny Goudreau again and weren't going to lose those players for nothing. So we think that those players should find new homes between now and the trade deadline. But what's the actual value of those players as we sit Forty-nine games into the season. The three that we're talking about are, of course, you've heard their names at nauseum, Elias Lindholm, Chris Tanev, and Noah Hannifin. Of course, we'll start with Elias Lindholm, who scored the game winner on Saturday on the power play. Clutch. It's been a down year offensively for one Elias Lindholm, who 49 games in this season. Is an all Star Rep. Yeah. Which as I far as I'm a, concerned, I don't know what you're talking about. Bumps up the trade value. <laughs> At least two rounds yeah. of a draft pick, so uh, be prepared to pay up GMs. Right. Uh, he's fourth in team scoring, 32 points in 49 games. He scored his ninth of the season on the power play. He's got 23 assists. He is minus eight. Oh, God. He's taken 21 penalty minutes this year. He has three goals on the power play total, one shorthanded. Those are three game winners. I forgot
0: um, he fought a dude this year.
1: Yeah. Really I mean, yeah. fought is a relative <laughs> right? term. You watch UFC Klein. I don't know that I would yeah. call that a fight. Yeah. Uh, his shooting percentage, however, is awful. It's at 6.9%. Nice. Uh, ice time hovering around 20 minutes and 45 seconds a night. Uh, 55% in the faceoff dot. So that leads the team. That's a very good number. Mm-hmm. Um, Value wise for Elias Lindholm, Peter Klein, is it up? Is it down? Has it changed for you since the beginning of this season? By the way, he's a career 12 and a half, uh, 12.1% shooting percentage. So uh, he's half of that. Yes. about this
0: year. So which is fair because he's looked like half the player that we're used to seeing. That's from
1: fair. Him. That's that's <laughs> harsh, but fair. <laughs>
0: yeah, uh, that that is a little bit harsh. But just looking at it, like you you look at the the hockey DB page, and y- your eyes don't have to go that far up to see, huh? He was plus sixty one in 21-22 <laughs> with forty two goals uh, with uh, Gaudreau and and uh, and Kachuk. But no, like I I took a bit of a shot that that is unfair. But I, I mean, th- there's no way you could say this season has gone well for Elias Lindholm, right? He has nine goals in forty nine games. It's just it has not been a very strong year. And so your hope from a Flame standpoint to, is to get the value based off of a what he could be and B what he means to one of those teams. Like he, he should be going to a team as kind of the final piece, right? Like he shouldn't be going to a Nashville as a, well, we're only three top six players away from really being something. Let's put him in. I think he needs to go to like a Boston who, while very good, could probably still use a a top six center Um, or Winnipeg, where if you put him on Winnipeg, it kind of feels like the last gem of the infinity stones, right? Like, I, I I think a lot of Winnipeg. And so they're the team that I think would make the most sense. So I think you have to, you are hoping from a flame standpoint that you're getting the value off of Lindholm based more off of what he has been, uh, what he could be hypothetically, because there's still that player in him somewhere you would think, and what he means to that team more than the uh, 49 game sample size that we have seen from him the last couple of, or the, this season because
1: it hasn't been great. It hasn't. I'm not going to argue that. I do think, and if I'm wrong on this, I'm wrong on it. I still think an opposing GM is going to pay up for an Elias Lindholm of the trade deadline. Yes. Yeah, I would agree with that. Despite a down year, I think a Flames fan can still be fairly encouraged that the return for Elias Lindholm is going to be substantial. Now, of course, I don't know what the market is. I'm not Frank Cervalli. I'm not Elliot Freer. I'm not Pat Steinberg. Um, to, to know what Craig Conroy has been offered. And clearly if he felt he'd gotten value for a player like that, he probably would have moved him already. <laughs> right. Uh, but, you know, just going through some of the the numbers, I think it's easy to say that in the time that Johnny Goudreau and Matthew Kachuk have left this team, Elias Lindholm has yet to find the same chemistry with anyone. I think the closest he came was with Tyler Toffoli. Last season, Uh, I don't think it's ever been there with Jonathan Huberto. I think that was the dream um, when that trade happened was that you could line Huberto up with Elias Lindholm and he would have similar success. Their styles have not meshed well. At some points, it's it's looked okay, but he's never really found that same partner or line that you mentioned going back to 21-22. I mean, look, this is still a guy that's incredibly reliable at both ends of the ice. He wins faceoffs. He, like I said, the shooting percentage for me would be the biggest thing I'm throwing at people if I'm Craig Conroy. Yeah. Right? That This guy shoots at 12% through his entire NHL career. Go on your team, and if he bumps it up to 10%, he's going to put a lot of pucks in the net yeah. before the end of the season. Right? And you put him with a couple of skilled wingers like you mentioned in Colorado or Boston, I think Elias Lindholm still holds, I don't know if it's the most value of the three, but it's certainly, I still think, going to be take a substantial price for me if I'm Craig Conroy to pry him away.
0: Yeah, I I think we're at a point where Hannafin has probably played himself into the most value, um, just like he has been, out of the out of his mind for the past little while, and so I think he has worked his way into that. But if it ends up that that Lindholm is that, like I would have said at the beginning of the year, Lindholm was the number one trade asset this team has, and he is. While it hasn't necessarily been here, he is the kind of player you win with, right? Like, like you said, a two hundred foot game has a ridiculously good shot, and that's why it's so surprising that the goal total is down because that shot is still a weapon. Yeah, and so you you piece all of those things together. And yeah, that this is someone who should be getting you a high, high draft pick plus a pretty good prospect. And if you want to throw in a guy to fill out a roster or make salaries, whatever, then you can do that. But it it should it should still be a good return for an Elias Lindholm, for sure. Um, you are getting to the point now where, like you say, like I'm I'm waiting for a big offer to to come and pry it away. The Flames are admittedly losing a bit of leverage, right? Be- not that they've had a ton of it all season, but they are coming up on like you can't lose this guy and teams are starting to know you can't lose this guy also. So I do worry a little bit about that, but I, I still think like teams would rather have Elias Lindholm than not have Elias Lindholm. So I, I think that there will be a, a a pretty good bidding war for this player.
1: Well, and, and here's why I, I don't worry as much about the leverage because as I like, go back to last year's trade deadline and even some of the years before there really isn't guys close to Elias Lindholm available at the trade deadline. Yeah. Right? Like last year, okay, uh, we had the weird Richie for Richie thing with Stetcher and Mackie. Oh, Derry, that uh, was brilliant. Yeah, that shootout attempt was something. <laughs> uh, Klingberg got moved. Uh, what else happened on March 3rd? I'm trying to see. If Most of it had...
0: happened like a little bit before,
1: right? Like there there was... Yeah, Jordan Greenway got moved. I mean, right? Yeah, totally. <laughs> right? That was a thing. Yeah. Um, and that's why it's so
0: enticing with this Flames group. Like, th- there's a
1: reason why... I mean, like, Tyler Bertuzzi got you a conditional first and a fourth. A Ooh. day before the deadline. That's pretty good. Chikrin got moved. Yeah. Conditional first in two seconds. Would you do that for Hannafin? Yes. Yeah, probably,
0: hey? Um, I, I, I still think that it's going to be young players coming here more than... Like, I think, I think it'll be pick young players. That's
1: why I think it takes a little bit longer too, right? Mm -hmm. I think if you're in a a team that's acquiring, right, and I'll use this as an example, although I don't want it to turn into what I fear it turns The name Bowen Byram's been thrown around as one in Colorado, and so the immediate one that I hear in return is, well, why is Colorado going to take something away from their team to add somewhere else? Well, there's no saying that Colorado won't go out and get another defenseman too. Right. Right, like yeah. that'll they, replace Bowen Byram more player for player than you know Lindholm does, obviously. So th- that's that's why I think some of this takes time because there are moving pieces. Obviously, making money work from f- some perspective, and again, if the Flames are going to be retaining money, which I think they should be open to on all of these deals, hundred percent. Then, if I'm Craig Conroy, the, sorry, the asking price is going up. Yeah, if I'm giving you more flexibility to do more deals or to make it happen for your team this season, make it worth my while. Yeah, no, I agree with that entirely. I, I would ha- I would not
0: hesitate for a second to retain on all three of them, and that's why the the no salary retention on Zadorov was such a big thing it was because now they have three slots to retain salary and three guys to to move out. It just the math works very well on that um and you could like if if you wanted to retain on Markstrom um it's it's a couple of years but if that gets you a, a better return then then fine as well like there there's ways to get creative um for sure but i i i do think that there is a a world where the flames get pretty good return for all three of these guys and i think that is the likely scenario you talked about it before like aside from these guys there isn't a whole lot out there that is readily available like you look at the teams that are out of it ottawa is um, DUE done, right? They're not moving any of the young pieces that are desirable, right? Like there's been some Shabbat talk. Um, there's been some Chikrin talk. I I don't buy either of that. You go to Columbus. They're not moving anything of worth. Montreal. Can we interest you in a Sean Monaghan for a first? I'm probably good. Buffalo's not moving anything out. You go to Chicago Anything on Chicago interest you? Anything on San Jose interest you? Can we interest you in a slightly used, super expensive hurdle or couture? Probably not. I'd be interested in Connor Bedard. Thank you very much. Well, yes, yeah. Anything that's available. Okay, Sorry. then yeah. no. Um, the, the Anaheim Ducks, like Zegras, maybe if they want to get real creative with some things. The teams that are bad uh, have now done all of their selling off right like that there aren't a whole lot of teams that are okay well hasn't happened let's sell all these pieces off that there isn't that in the NHL right now everyone was kind of doing that for last year so the flames um I, I think the blues could be although they hold that last playoff spot right now and they seem to have an ownership group that's the same as here where they're kind of just stoked to get in every year so the flames kind of hold all of the cards and that's where the, there's it's, a lot well, of intrigue in this right it's
1: wonderful the more teams that stay in in the west if you're yeah. calgary and you're like i don't know if they're a buyer or a seller and you're like hey I'm selling. Yeah. I have pieces that you can come and acquire. You just got to pay the price, but I'll, i you know, I'll give you something. Yeah. They, right? they, and you don't have to wait until maybe the very last second to determine if Minnesota and not that Minnesota has a long list of guys that I'm interested in, but right. you get the point.
0: Yeah. Uh, no, they, but, they were, they were sly or crazy. Like a Fox getting St. Louis's win streak started here. Which
1: is, oh yeah. No, By all, you guys are great.
0: Yeah. You, you guys should really push for the playoffs. Yeah, go for it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, next on the list, you mentioned Noah Hannafin, he's having a great season, 49 games, 25 points, 8 goals, 17 assists. He's plus 10 on the year, averaging 23.29 per night. That is the highest of his NHL career. Just turned 27 a few days ago. Uh, Shot percentage sitting at 8.8%, which is very high for his NHL career, but maybe the perfect time if you were selling high on an asset, PK. I imagine Noah Hannafin uh, should be a very intriguing piece to a lot of teams, and if I'm the Calgary Flames, if I get to the point where their team is interested, but they want to talk extension with Noah Hannafin. And maybe that gets me that last little piece. Yep. I'm okay with that. Although this has been the piece that the flames seem to have gone back and forth on the most. And
0: the, all the reasons why from a flame standpoint, you would want to lock him in are why he gives you the most in return. I think like he is the exact type of player that teams every single year are looking for at the deadline. And he is still in what has traditionally been one's athletic peak with still over 600 games of NHL experience. I think that shooting percentage is higher than his career norms is because he is playing better. He has been so good this season, looked a little disinterested to start the year, but he has really picked it up. And I think he's been the Flames' best player for a little bit now. I am asking the world for this guy. And I, I think you'd be able to get a pretty good return for a Noah Hannafin.
1: And Chris Tanev we saved for last because if Chris Tanev is healthy, I, I've heard plenty of, of different outlets, whether it's Friedman or Saravalli or the guys out in Vancouver, Donny um, and their crew, Chris Tanev is going to be a highly sought-after asset. Yes. There's, there's just no reason for us to dive deep into it. If you want to go on a long playoff run and you feel your defense Needs a solid guy to go out there and play top minutes, and you know, give your number one penalty kill unit a boost. Yeah, you go out and you get number eight. There is you, not a team
0: in the league he doesn't fit on.
1: No, and you—if it's a rental, it's a rental. And I wouldn't even—I wouldn't hate the idea of trading Chris Tanev and saying to Chris, "Let's let's talk in the off season. Yeah, and see if you'd like to come back for a couple more mm-hmm. years." Because I really wouldn't hate that if I was the Calgary Flames. But I do think the fact that he's an expiring UFA. And could and should give you the kind of return that a guy with his kind of reputation does should be too much to pass up on.
0: Yeah. Good
1: is 34.
0: Go out try to win your cup. And if you want to, if you want to come back here and help guide our young, what what's going to be a very young blue line next year, guide them through some murky waters, then we would love to have you back. Exactly. At, at maybe a bit of a discount. But uh still, like he is you could fit him on all 32 NHL teams perfectly right now. I I cannot say enough about this dude.
1: Uh, so there's a look at the three big UFA's at the trade de- at the All-Star break. Excuse me. Uh, looking ahead to their trade deadline value, uh, Lindholm, Hannafin, and Tanner, Logan, and PK. Along with you, uh, you see them on Flames Broadcast. You do on Sportsnet.ca. Eric Francis goes solo every Friday at 5 p.m. for Flames Talk. It's the Eric Francis Hour. Eric, not afraid to ask the tough questions, get the information that Flames fans want. It's a must-listen for every Flames fan. and It's brought to you by Horse Racing Alberta. The Alberta horse racing and breeding industry has an $83 million positive economic impact in Calgary annually. Visit thehorses.ca 18 plus. Please play responsibly. We're going to move away from the Calgary Flames next. Talk some NFL. Super Bowl matchup is set for Las Vegas. It's the Chiefs and the 49ers. Emily Sadler from Sportsnet.ca joins us next to break it all down here on SportsNet 960, the fan.